That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching Batman v Superman by the Minute. And then discussing Batman v Superman by the minute. We have arrived at minute 119. Yes. Well, suffice to say, Stephen, something is happening. It is absolute chaos. You can see that lightning, those birds those of electricity, and they seem to be getting stronger by the minute. Daily Planet. Lois, I have to go to Gotham to convince him to help me. I'm using that as my description because we talk about like the the sort of like ups and downs and the the tone and pacing of the movie and and sort of where we build up speed and where we take a breath and this moment or this minute feels like it starts off feeling like you're going to take a breath which is something that we're used to in the movie but very quickly we are shown that no there that now we're at a point where you're not getting a, a chance for a breath anymore stuff is happening. Things are building. I guess the, well, what the only breath we get is seeing Martha Kent has 35 minutes left to live. Yeah. It's weird because it, I remember the, the last minute closing out and specifically commenting on how there just been this, like, it's just a big dialogue chunk and like the tension is all the way up. And then, and then it feels like it's, it's doing one of those like mood shift or tone shifts into the, obviously it's like, it's kind of like an act act break here, but it's not like even the the music kind of coming in is just telling you like, don't like, no, you're not supposed to breathe yet. Something is happening. If someone were to watch this movie a minute at a time, it would be interesting to measure the, the, the lengths of where the action is kind of rising and then where the, the breaths are kind of like, it's not a break from the action, but it's just a shift, a downshift in pacing where we get into a lot more. We talked about this, like in my mind, it's always uh, Clark on the top of the mountain. Like that's always the example in my mind of like stuff is happening, but we're, we're taking a breath. We're slowing down a little bit, but I, I imagine, or I get the sense that those periods are getting shorter and shorter as we're moving along in the movie. Because like I said, we get this one little scene. I mean, it's building off of like the biggest reveal of tension and horror. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that Lex, you know, says, I have your mother. I'm going to kill her if you don't kill Batman. Stakes couldn't be higher. And we get this just, we kind of ended the previous minute by seeing Martha in the chair. And then we begin, and this minute is, I think, 28 seconds. It's just under half of the minute is spent just watching Callan Mulvey <laughs> as KG Beast look at Martha. And then we get an appearance from Sam Luke. Stuntman actor, he is the one with the the timer pulled from his pocket. That every time I wonder, does he hit like the start button at thirty five minutes to have this thing coming out two seconds off? Places it down, and we see that Lex was in fact correct. Superman has less than an hour to do it, and we kind of set a ticking clock. Now I know what you're going to think, Stephen. I also secretly the first time I looked, I hoped that this 35 minutes was literally 35 minutes of runtime away <laughs> from something significant, but not really. We're 35 minutes away from Wonder Woman slicing into Doomsday with her sword or something last time I looked. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. 
It's going to be a busy 35 minutes. So we're not doing the... It is, it is insane to think that it's 35 minutes. Like, how long is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> we're 35 minutes from Wonder Woman Unleashed. Yeah. You'd call it like diegetic, a, a ticking clock or something. I mean, but, yeah. but that being said, like all of the ways that Zack Snyder has not called out the, the ticking clock in this. Yeah. The, the discrete minutes and specific chunks of time that now when you show a ticking clock, it's almost better that it's like, no, it's just, it's 35 minutes. Like I'm not, I'm not beholden yeah. to a time I show on screen. Well, and also like you said, the diegetic, like, cause the clock is, is beeping down with each second, which reminds me of like when uh anatoly like anatoly's got a thing for beeping technology <laughs> right because like he pulled out the gps out of uh yeah. jimmy olsen's camera and it's like this flashing beeping thing it's like that doesn't seem yeah like that's what it would be and so i think he's just like if he needs if he needs like technology it's like make sure it beeps yep but it is a very ominous clock well so that's so lex started his clock and then talked for what, like four minutes, and then well, we're at a bit of we're a bit of a, a bias here because we we know literally how long we know that literally it was a matter of single minutes because that's maybe we're more attentive to that than an average audience well, member would. I'm fine with time time compression is fine, so I'm not like what the hell he just flipped his egg timer, which by the way was somebody. How do they know to start it at the same at the same time? But um. But yeah, so so I'm less less concerned about like the missing minutes because that's just movies. I actually appreciate them doing this because that it's almost telling us like, hey, we're not going to show you the whole hour, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but where is where is Superman? Like, what is super? I think remember I talked about last week, um, last episode about how there was a deleted scene of Superman going and looking for Martha before going to Batman, right. and I think that that tells us how long how long he looked before before going to him right is that what we have to assume here is well, that he's been it, it we know I, it wouldn't take him that long to get to him we also know and he knows right where he is because of the bat signal he has to go talk to lois spoiler for this minute so maybe obviously there's some cheating in time here but i'm gonna say right now that my impression is that we see a lot of things happening and while that would normally suggest these things are happening at the same time, so therefore it's taking up even less time, an hour an hour can go quick, you know? Yeah. I also don't know, like, what is happening. I mean, are we seeing this right before Batman bursts into the warehouse? There's no, there's no, there's no rule yeah, saying that be what weird. we're seeing is specifically in sequence. I mean, like, what we're no, saying No, but it's is- in a moment, but it's in a moment where time, time is important. And it's inconsistent with the movie's structure to be told non-linear like that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why it's thirty-five minutes. It's such a random. There's at least five minutes burned, but from Lex starting it to Superman leaving the tower. Yes, I think I think in movie runtime it's like a little over four minutes. But let's say let's say that that was some time compression. I would there. have thought it was longer if you'd asked me how long that scene yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. Um. And so, but I think we, it's safe to say there's five minutes there. So that just means we're missing 20 minutes. I don't think it's ridiculous to think he would, like, there's no way he anticipates it taking that long to fight Batman Yeah, if he has to, right? So if you have a, if you have an hour or you got 20 minutes, I'd, you know, I, he, I think he's looking for Martha during that time. There's no other. Yeah. I think he thinks that at first I can do it. And then when he's got. 
35 minutes left. He's like, damn, I've got to go get him and then get him to Lex and subdue him, which even if it's easy, it's not going to be fast, like immediate. Time is called out on screen here. So it's not like we're just navel gazing or anything like that. And I also don't mean to give a, like a, what's perceived as like a pass, because if you're calling out time, then it has to be relevant. I think. But I don't think there's anything broken. Like, I'm not saying there's a plot hole. No, no. I think, well, here's what I'll say. Superman definitely spends 20 minutes doing something that's unaccounted for on the screen. Yes. I and that is not a that's not a plot hole. That is just something that has not been explained. Other than we know there's a, a deleted scene. I think we're going to encounter the Han and Leia go to Cloud City while Luke gets training. We're going to encounter. Well, yeah, but Dagobah is a time nexus, no, don't, and no, no, so no, no, no. it slows the time. The passage of time is different. There. I will. I will concede <laughs> that it will be an interesting discussion when we talk about what happened between Superman leaving Batman and arriving at the ship. I will concede that that will be interesting. Okay, but that in that case, I would say that, that that's, a, that's a different type of discussion, though, because of the way it's presented. So right now, we are seeing, I think what the emphasis is for me is when I see the 35 minutes, it's actually like, it's kind of a question I'd like to ask. Like, no, when I see it say 35 minutes, my brain goes, yeah, it makes sense. 25 minutes, that's not a lot of time. Yeah. It takes that ticking clock, but it does it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Again, why 35 Oh yeah, time is passing. Like there is pressure here, well, but it's also not so. I mean, extreme. they could have done forty-five minutes, and it would have been. It would have meant. Oh no, no. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think about it twice. Thirty-five minutes is not like. In it's not brain breaking, but it's also once you start thinking about it, you're like, "Whoa, that's twenty minutes unaccounted for." What is the amount of time that is going to communicate that Superman needs to get this sorted out? Well, and and how fast does the movie feel like it's moving? Like if yeah. they put the timer up there and it said. 55 minutes you'd be like yeah even though that's literally what we saw on screen you'd be like no this is there is way too much going on for you to tell me that all of this happened in the span of five minutes well yeah you know i'm i'm assuming that swanwick and lois spoke for more than like 30 seconds every every time we see them (laughs) that's the kind of conceit (laughs) but it is funny that 35 minutes is like i could see zach going to you know like a mathematician and saying what is the amount of time in an hour that would communicate time is running out but not so much time that someone would wonder what happened to the time and the mathematician would be like it's an interesting query it's actually 34 minutes or be more of like a like a psychologist i don't know what you're implying specifically because you're asking about time perception not about the actual amount i mean this is like the most pedantic the podcast has ever okay, been so he's asking but, a mathematician but, and a psychologist well why would he ask a mathematician because the math well because the math i'm picturing like neil degrasse tyson i'm not talking like you know freaking emmett vale from like earlier in the movie talking about you know well, yeah but still but the but the i guess tyson maybe because the because relativity he'd be more familiar with but like your brain works in like hour and a half cycles and you have like time blindness when you do, you know, certain, certain things. And so I think if you're talking about like the mat, like storytelling wise or like te- te- technique film editing technique wise, like what's that amount of time? Mm. I think that's, that's interesting. I wonder if this gets skewed as a Kryptonian. Now I'm wondering <laughs> if his like REM cycles are shorter or if um your eyes lie to you, you're, yeah. you're, you go blind when your eyes move and then your eye just backfills with what it sees. So like when you look, when I look at the blinking light muted on my microphone, I think it is not muted because it's not blinking. 
but it was a blink. My eye just didn't see the blink and it lied and said that the light was on that whole time. So it's on for too long. So it must be live. But then I look and now it's blinking. A huge percentage of your vision is just lying. I guess guess is the best word, but I mean, it does a really good job, but is your brain just guessing? (laughs) Does that mean if his reaction time is faster, does that mean his eyes have to like he does his his brain does not need to lie or his brain lies even more i think the question is how many frames per second does he see i think part of the reason that our eyes behave that way is cuz the refresh rate is not oh like he couldn't see high a movie enough. like he couldn't go to movie theater cuz he would see the black well, flicker or is one of is one of his superpowers that he can change the frames per second that he views things if he can see up close you'd think he'd have to have have the ability if he can like zoom in on stuff with his eyes you you'd have to imagine that he because that would be a, like a flexing of the of the um of the like the muscles on the eye to like flex the lens is like the the biological thing that would happen to make that work and so i would imagine that he would also be have the ability to to up and down his his uh i don't know surprise that this hasn't been addressed before in a comic maybe yeah. it has. So I'm sorry i'm just thinking so maybe he well, does Superman perceive time differently? I think that actually makes the missing time problem worse. Yeah. So let's ignore that and say there's a really great shot in here of one of the armed gunmen with this massive gun trained on the back of Martha's head. And it's it's a shot that kind of slips by, but I think that the mood that it sends is very intense. We've already talked about how it's kind of unnatural and wrong. It makes total sense when you think about it. Why would a gunman have a, like a gigantic triple barrel gun aimed at Superman's mother's head? <laughs> or, well, I think that's a, I don't know what, what caliber, it's a tripod on the, or a, or a, it's a bipod on the end. So that's, it's like a, I don't think it's a 50 cal. Cause that's huge. Well, it's the same one that is the one that Batman shoots him with. So this is the guy that he comes right. through the wall and spoiler right. alert. It's just, Yeah. It, it stands out as a cool panel where we talk about a lot about comic book composition panels, but this one uses focus in a way that you can't get in a comic panel that I think is your eye looks past the gunman. So I just thought it was worth yeah. calling out if anyone doesn't <laughs> take a note of. Well, there's something really weird here going and not weird, but different going on with the, I guess, even speaking of time compression, but it with at this point in a movie, like forget you're watching this movie after the, the kind of reveal that Lex made to Superman, this is not normally how the minute after that goes, right? Like normally that's the ratcheting up into the third act and then you've got just an action sequence and explosions and whatever into the finale. And the Lex taking off in the helicopter even kind of swells as if you're about to get this like Superman blasts off and then there's this fevered fight between him and Batman or whatever, you know, happens Yeah, but the music totally saps all of that. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Lex theme just drops out. And then we go into this and we're like, oh no, that timer isn't about how fast time is going. It's a reminder that time is like, yes, it jumped forward quickly, but you watch each second clip down. It's like, oh no, an hour is actually a lot longer than you think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, no, oh no, this is not, you know, we're, we're actually, you thought we were about to speed everything up. We are still going one second at a time here. And I think that's a very mood setting. Um, it's almost an anti-twist. Like it's a, it's a turn in the, in the, in the act structure, but 
it's it's like an inversion of what you would expect the movie to do at that point. I don't know. I'd like to hear K- – I'd read KGB's memoir if he was ever <laughs> able to write one. But um, yeah, no words from KGB Sir Martha. We do get some words, thankfully, from Anderson Cooper and Brooke Baldwin – as we switch here, we're seeing the actual thing that is happening, that is relevant. Like the actual thing that has turned that egg timer is Martha is captured. I think it's important not to lose sight of that because we go immediately from that to unusual activity at crash site <laughs> into yeah. the Daily Planet bullpen where I was talking about something is happening. This is like capital letters. Something is happening is what everybody in Metropolis is now noticing. There are power surges at the crash ship where we know that Lex is, we assume, I guess at this point, cameras are waiting. Well, so yeah. we know that that's the ultimate location for Superman to go to. I guess I was so caught up or I had learned enough of the doomsday stuff that if I didn't know that at this point in the movie, I would probably be thinking like, what is going on at the crash site? And, and especially because last time we saw him there, he had Zod's body and Zod's body. And, 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 and was, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's so hard to think about this outside the context of knowing it's doomsday. Yeah. Because the second he's revealed you know it's like in the marketing, you know that it's going there. But for anyone who doesn't know that, but does know, if you assume only the knowledge you have from Man of Steel, you've got to be thinking what he thinks he can bring back Zod. Yeah, is Zod, is this Zod? Is this like, it's alive? Man, imagine a world in which Doomsday and this is was a, I don't know, I, I, was, I haven't been defensive so much as kind of, I don't like to hinge too much on marketing spoilers as influencing the movie because ultimately there's only one time you ever see the movie where anything is a spoiler anyway so like the fact that it's doomsday if even if that was a a surprise twist or if wonder woman was a surprise twist then every single time the movie you watch the movie after that that still needs to hold true but there's something about the doomsday being revealed in marketing it's hard to view this that particular thing in this movie that way because it reveals so much about all of this other stuff that's going on. You you can literally see out of the Daily Planet windows. I mean, it, it is an echo of the shot from the opening of the movie, right? Is this was the view we got of the Zod versus Superman yeah. fight? Well, and they were these these same people were in the street, yeah. uh, like like. They're always like like a block away from all of this stuff oh, going down. You can down. still see the construction cranes behind Perry being lit up by which this. I'd, and I've never realized this before until watching this a minute at a time, which I love how many times we say that every minute. Yeah. But one, I think this is now one of my all-time favorite Perry White moments, because as as Jenny Olsen is like, she's watching this happen on TV, and then she looks over at him coming out of his office saying... There's something happening on the, the ship. ship. And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Uh, it's like he's over there by himself. The You're entire kidding. newsroom is watching the TV and he's like, oh, do you, are you are you sure that you think there's something going on, on the ship? What gave you that idea? Anderson Cooper told you that if Anderson Cooper didn't tell you something that was going on that ship, would you have known? Because I knew I was looking out my window at it. Yeah, this look on his face when he's looking back at it, and then he looks. I know that they're not playing it this way, but when you realize that literally what's happening is she's like telling him what, like he's looking at a flash, and then he looks back at her, and she's like, "Something's happening at the ship." It's like that's yeah, sending massive power surges. We don't know what this is, but as we get this step away from Superman, we're kind of setting the scene for the third act. I think we are kind of or fifth or whatever. You know, we're kind of setting the scene for the this new stage of what's looking to be a pretty electric battle. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's what I was what's I was saying about what's unexpected about the kind of tone and, and speed shift here is because you'd expect things to get ramped up and instead like they're they're resetting the chessboard. Like you thought that you're what you were getting ready for like a final charge and they're like, Oh no 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 wait, wait, there's one more course here <laughs> first before <laughs> I don't I just I mixed a dinner metaphor and a chess metaphor, but I think I think the point comes through. It's a, a delicious point. But we get the check in with the Daily Planet reporters realizing something's happening at the ship. And then we return to a character you may have at this point forgotten was in the story. A woman named Diana. As she enters what looks to be her hotel, I love we return to a woman who had an unforgettable set of scenes earlier in the movie. One with Bruce Wayne, most unforgettable, that was literally soaked in golden amber light. And when we return to Diana, we realize that's just her. I love that we've talked so much about the color theory of the movie where there's the fluorescent of the Daily Planet newsroom and we go from the fluorescent newsroom literally punctuated with like electric white blue light Mm -hmm. right to Diana bathed in what looks like there must be a a massive torchlight somewhere or just a a magical glow that is illuminating the lobby of this hotel. Well, and it's it's right uh, with her wearing the white also right after, like Lex just said, uh, black and blue fight night. Like you've got literally these like two dudes who have just been like manipulated into this situation. And then you're like, oh yeah. And then there's her dressed in white still (laughs) like the white the white knight of the situation yeah white gold everything feeling classic even as the lights flicker and we realize oh diana is still very close to this all happening Mm -hmm. her attention seems elsewhere (laughs) you know maybe diana could could convincingly say i didn't know this was happening Mm -hmm. but when the lights you know flicker everybody is again watching the news Detroit reporter Erica Erickson. Uh, you'll have to oblige me a moment of unrelated camera talk. I really, really love, I'm obsessed with this now, but on the um, the newscast, the red light uh, gives chroma clipping on the reporter's face, where when you watch it like frame by frame, you see it goes like all red, which is because um, on a digital camera, when one of the color channels is maxed out, it just goes to a solid color and loses like, all, the, all the gradient. So it's like, the police lights are on the front face and so because it reaches a certain level of red it's the same thing as an overexposure but only in one color channel because it's a digital camera so each pixel is measured with one color but so that doesn't happen with film the movie was shot on film and so it's just a weird thing that when you're aware of that phenomenon with digital cameras uh, which that kind of thing you see a lot of like uh, network TV shows or or uh, news broadcasts, the fact that this is happening, it's a digital camera phenomenon happening in a prominent way in a newscast footage on a film, movie shot with film, it's just a, I don't know, for me an added level of realism that is kind of cool about the, the way that it's done, um, but it's kind of, it's like one of those pedantic things where it's like, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if they did it on, on purpose, but it's like a huge tell of like, oh yeah, no, that's like a cheap digital camera that we shot that So that's exactly how it would look. Okay, we talked a lot about what Gal is doing in this movie, but I think this is a good encapsulation of how much she's actually conveying just with her looks, glances. Well, she knows something. 
she knows something that nobody else knows because everyone else is listening to the news because they don't know what's going on looking outside. So they're looking to the news and she knows that whatever it is, they don't understand it. Yeah. So like there's a level of like, she knows that there's something she needs to be aware of that nobody else is picking up on the same thing, but is very uncertain on what she's going to do about it. Yeah. I will, I will admit what she does surprise me in the theater, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. We get Diana noticing what is happening. Something's happening. Lois does what she does when something is happening, tries to get to the Daily Planet, <laughs> flags down a cab, and then Superman has left the top of the building. There's so much communicated here. He's not swooping down out of the sky, calling to her. He has just landed on the ground next to her. Yeah. And is standing arms at his side, and he says, Lois. Again, how much Henry Cavill, we've talked about how much he can communicate in his face. I mean, he ends the minute perfectly by saying, Lois, I have to go to Gotham to convince him to help me. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Maybe it took all of 10 seconds or whatever, but Superman has a plan and it's a pretty good one. Well, I think it still makes sense that he, like this moment to me does not, um, or it supports the the idea that he was um, looking for Martha during that time, because that would, I think his initial thought would be, well, I've got speed and vision and all these things I can find and you know, I can hear um, and this is coming to Lois being like, no, literally my only option is to go find him or, and, and, and like play Alexa's game. Cause yeah. And he, he has that feeling of, of like, he's saying it out loud to convince himself that that's what he has to do. Yeah. This is the only thing I have to do, right? This is the only thing I have to do. This is a good plan. It's so funny to picture him now, Henry Cavill, the way he moves when he's Clark, it's so effortless and like so mm-hmm. comfortable him in the suit is like the suit is constraining him <laughs> yeah. because because it, there's only so many things that he can or can't do. Or as we've talked about this whole movie, he basically just can't do anything. Him just standing there. Lois is giving a, it's, it. I don't know. He's not coming off as like a kid, but he's coming off as someone who you want to like put your hands on his shoulders and be like, Hey, 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 you know, like stay with me here because you, you're not in shock, but you are definitely rattled yeah well it's almost i don't know that he's he's obviously under stress but i mean if it's almost like a like a panic attack of of you he is um hyper i mean like like really like a panic attack or anything like that is it's adrenaline and there's like a your focus narrows your pupils um dilate like your your like locked into this kind of state um of of anxiety and that's it's intended you know it's for good it's because you need to run from a wolf or whatever um i don't know what the kryptonian biological equivalent is <laughs> but uh but that's very much that what he has his whole focus is on what i have to do not on anything that doesn't matter like body language <laughs> you could we could we could we could map out every scene he's had with lois we have mapped out every scene he's had with lois where she is trying to make him realize that he needs to do more than just react right mm-hmm. like he, he needs to be thinking he needs to weigh situations and consider the outcomes so it makes total sense that when he's faced with this, he was going to lose it. He was going to freak out and he got control of himself. And where does he go? He goes to Lois and says, I think this is the plan that will work. This is the thing I have to do. I want your kind of approval. Like, I want you to agree that this is the mm-hmm. right thing to do. Well, like why else? He doesn't, 
he doesn't he's telling like he's he wasn't there and he went to find her just to tell her this well and we know he's running short on time so like yeah it's very much like i need i need i need to look in someone's eyes and have them say i get it like you are making a choice you have limited choices and you are making one of them if you needed any more reason that he's not actually going there for her understanding, her reaction yeah. in that last second is, who? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I've missed out on the entire conversation. What What are you talking about? Go where to convince who to help with what? Like, she doesn't know any mm-hmm. of this. Poor Lois. So that's just, she's become Superman's inner conscience now, where he, he no longer, uh, he's no longer calling his mother in the middle of the night. He's flying to Lois's cab to just say, I have to go there. Well, and then there's a lot more to talk about this in, in the next minute with where their exchange goes, which once again, really convenient, like thematically splitting. Like the breath that he takes here is very, very significant. It separates two very important clauses. <laughs> like he, he has not said the or but it's a big or yes. And that is where the minute is left. Once again, I, we could talk for a great deal of how thick Henry Cavill looks in the shot. I start to wonder if it's an effect of the lensing because no human could, it's like the Cape adds shadow. So he just looks anyway. No, it's, it's anyway, it's a, uh, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's a, a wide angle because Hell, you, you can see how wide is like his features are. So it's features, it's, yeah. It's definitely like 50 millimeters or lower, I'd say. That Superman logo is huge on his chest, but he's so much wider than it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can see it's, it's like not not quite, like it's not even close to fisheye, but like you can see it's kind of moving in that direction with the way the, the, the shot is spread out. But yes, credit to Superman, considering the way he's handled himself in the past, the way he has restrained himself with Batman specifically but has been urged to keep a level head and be more thoughtful because he needs to see when he isn't looking really bad stuff can happen. He's come to a really good conclusion when faced with this. I have to go to Gotham to convince Batman to help me not go there to fight. What Lex wants me to do, and I'm looking at the freaking spotlight, he's goading me into a fight. So I think he's also grappling with, this is going to be really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is interesting, too, that after the Capitol explosion happened and then he went to Lois once again, he, he was just all of a sudden there. But he, he, after that, he went off to, to find his dad, who told him it all stopped when he when he met his mother and she was my world. And so that it's interesting, given the the progression, then him coming back to Lois again at this moment to, to be like, well, here's here's my <laughs> my check in. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, uh, the the real meat of this interaction is in the next minute, though. A lot happens in this next minute, but for right now, let's end on a positive note. Superman has a plan. It's, it's great. The great plan, that's where we'll leave it. So let me just say, minute 119 in the books. <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast, please do so on your podcast app of choice or by visiting SnyderMinute.com. Find everything on there, all the podcasts that we're doing in perpetuity. You can support the podcast by giving us a review or supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash SnyderMinute. And as always, please let us know about your own interpretation of these minutes on Twitter at BVS by the minute. We learned in this minute of the movie that these surges of electricity, like this podcast, are getting stronger by the minute. Or it's a disaster and we both need to never podcast again. (laughs) Yeah. 
but you got to wait for the next minute for that. <laughs> 